In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. The So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Hey, I didn't realize this was on. Hi, this is Ryan. Uh, This is So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Tuesday, folks, we made it to Tuesday. We've just got three more days until that sweet, sweet, sweet weekend. How are you? Did we have a good Monday? It was challenging. It felt very long, just like all of this last year has. Uh, I hear we have a big uh, celebration in order. We are at one year almost of quarantine, and I would love to celebrate with cheese and wine, but that is literally what I've celebrated this entire year with. Uh, the, the OG baddies, the people that have been with me from the beginning, do you remember in quarantine when I discovered uh, Brie Cheese? Who, you guys, Brie Cheese, the love of my life. Like, lit- you know, it's like I watch TV and I eat Brie Cheese. You guys, New listeners don't realize I I would buy the brie cheese. And I oh, this is so disgusting. I'm not gonna even say it. I'm just saying that I considered like brie cheese like a sandwich in itself. Like the white part was I see this is just gross. I'm just saying I I discovered bad eating habits during uh, quarantine, and uh, I'm I'm proud of myself because what I've done is I had to consult a dietitian. I'm going to just be honest with you guys. I did. I did it today. I've struggled with weight over my entire life. And you guys, like, Ryan, you're so handsome and sexy. Sure, sure. I know. I understand that. 
but I'd like to even be handsomer and sexier and all of that stuff. No, I, I don't know if you guys, like I gained a bunch of weight over quarantine and, and then when I got COVID, it got even worse. So I worked with this guy, uh, and it really is like a diet that attacks inflammation in the body. I don't know why I'm sharing all of this with you, but I figured why not? You're kind of like my family at this point. So anyways, tomorrow starts day one of this diet. And this next week is just going to be all about eating greens, you guys. The first week of this diet is eating greens and doing these shakes. So I'm going to keep you guys up to date. If you see me getting um, furiously angry during the podcast, just know that's the diet. That's the diet. That's not me. That's the diet. Everything's fine. But I'm kind of excited, you know, like I'm kind of excited to uh, get back into pants. I got to do this. I, I have a whole closet full of pants and they're like, Ryan, come wear us. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't like me right now. Um, it's all good. You guys, I'm just saying I'm doing it. I'm excited for it. Uh, eventually we have to see people again. So I need to get to that point where I'm comfortable. And here's the deal. I'm not, this is like, I think everybody, as long as they're comfortable, everybody is great. However, whatever size, I've been all sorts of sizes my entire life. I really, I, I honestly have. Um, but it's the size that makes you feel the best. And if you want to do something about it, do something about it. If you don't, you don't. I don't know. But I'm going to do something about it. Um, and in a couple of days, if I decide not to, then that's fine too. I, why am I even telling you guys this? Anyways, that, I just wanted to share that because I figure if I tell you guys that, you guys can keep me honest. You guys can be like, Ryan, why are you Instagram storying you eating all those three Musketeers bars? I've never done that. But what if I did? Then you're like, what, Ryan, what if, I'm, I'm watching you eat this wheel of cheese on your Instagram story. And I'll be like, damn it, Batty, you love me. Thank you so much for keeping me honest. Um, well, I also, you know, it's, I, I've been, it, it's like my friends are starting to, I don't know if your friends are like this as well. And by the way, we have a great we have a great show for you today. I feel comfortable telling you all these secrets because I know you're about to li li listen to a masterful interview with a great guest that you are going to fall in love with. Uh, the Instagram account is BBF Bravo. If you do not know this Instagram account, you are about to witness the glory of this Instagram account. She focuses in deep dives. She does a lot of stuff, but deep dives. I'm telling you, this is like... I just find the power of the internet fascinating, especially when you turn these kind of like insanely talented minds on something like Bravo, like nothing is safe. Like we'll get to the bottom of the Girardi case. We'll get to the bottom of our army hammer because, you know, people like our guest today is are putting in the work and it's just fascinating. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this interview. But uh, back to what I was saying is that I just noticed this week. My friends are like, hey, I would love to socially distance see you again. And you're like, what? Uh, uh, you, you still remember me? After a year? Okay. And then you're like, oh, God. I don't, uh, fuck, I don't wear pants anymore. I, I, hey, I, who's, your, who's your friend in basketball shorts? Uh, that's just me. It's, it's me, Ryan. You know, but I, I realized, like, so I went, I saw two of my friends um, recently. And I was so nervous to see them. Like, I just realized this is going to be a whole thing, reacclimating ourselves into our lives. And I got so sad because one of my friends, one of my friends, it, uh, his wife is pregnant and, and she is due in April. And I'm so, uh, I've been so sad to miss this kind of, 
I mean, I miss like just to be around, uh, be around them during this happy time. And my other friend, uh, you know, his baby was born, uh, over quarantine and I got to see them once over this past year and I got to see them, uh, you know, so I, I saw both of these guys and it was just, I, I sat there and I was just like, Oh my God. I mean, it's, it's, it, you fall into the same kind of pattern almost immediately, but seeing your friends really benchmark, like kind of really, really reminds you of what we've been through, of what we have seen this year, uh, what we've been a part of. And it's almost inconceivable. You know, if I said this to you guys a year and a half ago, no, you wouldn't believe me. I wouldn't believe me. I'd be like, there's Ryan old eating that block of cheese, making up stories. You know, what if I told you guys, in about a half a year, I'll be wearing basketball shorts for an entire year. Brie cheese, what do you know about it? What if I told you that's what I'm going to eat solely, that and diet 7-Up? Um, <laughs> so it is weird, though, because I just sat there and I was like, man. And I was thinking about my parents. I don't know if you guys ever think about my parents. No, I don't know if you guys ever think about your parents and just that, like, you kind of can feel sometimes the rage or the, the the sadness maybe in that, like, this is taking a year out of their retirement or a year out of something that they worked hard to, to get to, you know? And I don't know, I was thinking about all this instead of actually listening to my friends talk, but it was just so damn great. But I got, I, I got to tell you, I was scared. I was like, man, we got to re-enter life. Can we do this? I mean, we can do this together, right, you guys? But, uh, you know, whatever gets us to that Buca de Beppo meetup, that's all I'm saying. All we need to do is make it to that Buca de Beppo meetup. And then what I want to propose is kind of like a Heaven's Gate, Jim Jones thing. We all drink the Kool-Aid. Could you imagine we do a mass suicide at Buca de Beppo? That would... <laughs> Dorit's like, oh, my God. What? What? <laughs> I know that's not funny, but like, wouldn't that be the most bizarre thing? Sorry, I've been watching like cult murder documentaries all year. So like I was watching that Heaven's Gate and they all bought the same tennis shoes. And then I don't, this is not, I'm so desensitized, you guys. But basically, okay, never mind. Uh, basically, I'm saying, I, I don't know if you guys feel the same, like how weird it is kind of like planning on or thinking about reacclimating to yourself to the life you used to have. And is that life going to be the same? What will that life be like? And, 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 you know, it could improve things. So I guess we'll all find out together. So if you ever have any thoughts on this, I got a couple really great letters the last couple of day on email, and I'm going to read them. Uh, I'm going to ask if I can read them, but I think I'm going to read them because it was just so cool to get people's thoughts on Summer House and things like that. I, you know, the people that listen to this are so much smarter than I am. So it just like blows my mind. Like, first off, that they can write full sentences. I cannot. And secondly, that they took the time to write these kind of lengthy emails. Really exciting. So if you ever have thoughts on anything, I was thinking about like doing or maybe some letters here and there. Please send them in to so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. I do really do. I would love to know your thoughts on this about are you guys scared about reacclimating? Are you already reacclimated? Have you ever gotten not acclimated? Have you been <laughs> acclimated this entire time? Because I, I sure haven't. You know, it's going to be a set. A sad day for me is when it's the year anniversary of Tiger King. Tiger King is like drilled into my memory is like, oh, shit, we're like deep into quarantine. Like we're in quarantine. 
Like, I remember the eeriness of the streets in Los Angeles. I remember, like, just, like, falling asleep to Tiger King, waking up, restarting Tiger King, falling asleep, waking up in the morning, restarting Tiger King. So that will be very interesting, I think. Okay, anyways, let's get on to the guest, guys. Let's We got a great guest. Uh, I know, you know, who was telling me? I was on uh, my friend Amanda's podcast, It's All Happening, which I think will be out on Wednesday. And we were talking is that I, I plan to go daily because it would be shorter episodes. And I've been like cranking out two-hour episodes. So I, I know that you guys, I hope you guys aren't getting exhausted. But remember, you don't have to listen to everything. You can skip around. You can listen to five minutes of one, whatever. I want you to stay with me. I don't want to exhaust you, but I am having sometimes the best time meeting new people and getting to talk to them and hear their ideas, just like my next guest. Her name is Candice, um, but you guys might know her as at BBF Bravo. Um, and I, she just started her account in August and already has like 18.4 thousand followers, which is just astronomical for that short of time. She has done deep dives on Army Hammer, uh, Harry Dubin, the Manzos, Mary Cosby, Mohammed Hadid, Tom Girardi, the Hilton family. I mean, just her account is a wealth of knowledge. It's all up there in the highlight reel, and she is doing new things every day. I had the best conversation with her. This goes all around. And in fact, in the first 10 minutes, I laughed so hard that I die. I literally died. No, like I really just lost my shit because of something I saw on her account. I can't wait for you guys to hear it because it really is one of my favorite moments that I've ever read on this show. So one of the privileges of this platform is being able to point out new things to you people, uh, to you guys. And uh, you might already know, her, but if you don't, I'm, I'm so happy to be able to kind of like say, hey, look at this person. Um, if you're on Instagram, go follow this person. See if you like her because I really like her. It's BBF Bravo. But you know what? Let me have her speak for herself. This is a great conversation. Here is my new friend, Candace at BBF Bravo. Can I get a twerk, twerk, bounce, bounce, clap, clap? Can I get a twerk, twerk, bounce, bounce, clap, clap? Can I get a twerk, twerk, bounce, bounce, clap, clap? What you doing, girl, with all that? Up and down, up and down, man, that booty real bad. Run around, run around, I like the way you move that. Man, I want to do that. Like the cut there out the ball, hit it like a ball, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you this every week, and this week is no exception. I love Instagram. Instagram has been uh, just really, you know, in in a quarantine especially, has been uh, like a friend because you get to meet so many friends and you get to meet so many people that actually bring you knowledge, not just laughs, not just goofy stuff like I do, but actual deep dives on these things that we care about so much. Now there is a an account I want to feature today. I always like to like if I like something, I think you guys are gonna like something, and you probably already know this person already. But if you don't, I highly suggest you do check her out because she is doing some really amazing work. Uh, not just the 
content in itself, but the look of it. I just think it's all really put together so well. And I'm so excited to be able to have this uh, platform to reach out to people like her to be able to find out what she's all about. So uh, without further ado, the uh, her name is Candace, but uh, more importantly, not more importantly than her name, but more importantly for our purposes, her account is BBF Bravo. Candace, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, this is great. Um, so you're, when did you start your account? I started it like mid-August, so I'm pretty new. What is that, like six pretty months new. ago? And you're already almost at like 19,000 followers because I think of the work you do, you are really doing in-depth deep dives of so many things, which I want to get to a couple, but I want to I want to start with something that's very close to my heart that I saw you post yesterday. And it, it, I saw this right before I went to bed and it kept me up for another hour. Cause I was so enraged is that <laughs> Jax Taylor, Jax Taylor wrote a love letter to Randall Emmett yesterday. Pretty much. First of all, that should have been a text. Like it was like too intimate. Like I have not seen him say anything like that to Brittany. Like, why is he putting that on Instagram? First off, I do want to point out to everybody. Everybody just pay attention to the pictures he's posting of Brittany. Now, Brittany <laughs> is pregnant. All pregnant women are beautiful. Yes. But it seems like he is not giving her any kind of creative control on. Do you see the pictures like he's posting of her? Um, well, I saw I, the photo shoot and he looks like he looks like a baby. <laughs> he looks like Army Hammer, what I imagine as a serial killer. Like he looks like <laughs> that kind of in depth, but which you also do a deep dive on on your account. But um, he's posting these photos where I feel like he's not like he posted one of her at the gynecologist the other day from like <laughs> almost like a, 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 a like an upskirt angle. And it was just like, here she is with my beautiful baby. And so I many mean, people like are like, which is terrible. People should not be fat shaming anybody. Everybody comes out, you know, different and they're just like rolling through it yes people have been coming hard for her on that you don't want to give her like put on photos of her like looking under the chin like are you kidding me but go but you know what go i feel like i britney is like uh, to me britney is excused in all this we all know this is Jax. like Jax is being a and by the way Jax knows his angles why don't you know your wife's angles oh my god he there was they did some interview or britney did and i i would have to look it up which article it was but she was talking about how he finally is doing the dishes now. <laughs> I was just yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my God, well, honey. See, this is my, the well, not my theory. This is what happens is that us men, we get credited for doing like, oh, he can wipe his ass. He's a, he's a dream guy. Like it, we get credit for the weirdest things. And it's Carl like for making a bed and people yes. are like, he's marriage material. <laughs> it, that's what I'm saying. Well, by the way, Carl did inspire me. I've made my bed like five days in a row now. So oh. Carl did inspire me. And, and I actually, after this week's summer house, I vowed not to make fun of Carl because he did have a tragedy. But then again, even with that Carl tragedy, I was like, great, he's crying. Now more women are going to love him because he can access his emotions. You know what? He like, it's funny how seasons like pan out because people forget a lot of people were hating on him last season. He didn't have a great season last last year. Yeah. So completely but if you're different. Good, but if you're good looking and you make some kind of like modicum of like trying, you're a dream guy all of a sudden, you know? He's like, I go to work and I make my bed. <laughs> I show, I didn't show up to work wasted this week. Yes. He's <laughs> he's the changes are profound. But okay, so um the the Jax thing you posted, this was wild. I really because I I have been blocked by Jax and I don't really often go and check with my uh fake account. 
anything he does. Like people will send me stuff all the time of his now, but this mm -hmm. escaped me. But let me read to you what you put on your uh, story. This is the quote, and I'm sorry, this is going to be lengthy. Imagine writing this to your guy. Imagine writing this to a guy that's your best friend, guy, best friend, but not writing anything near to this about Brittany. <laughs> in life, we meet so many people. Some come, some go. I have been lucky enough to have a lot of great men in my life that I can call brothers and that I would go to war for. Which, by the way, Jax, nobody's asking you to go to war with your brother. Okay, the war for this man is one of them. We have one of we have one. He doesn't even. He goes. We have won those friendships. I think he meant one of those friendships. We have won those friendships that are just easy. Our wives tell us every day how similar we are, and I couldn't agree more. I look up to you constantly. We call each other just about every day to vent about things and talk about our future. We don't judge each other. We don't argue, which is weird because we are both extremely hard-headed. You have taught me so much in the past five years about life and recently about becoming a father. You are one of the best fathers I have ever met, and your girls are becoming such beautiful little women because of that. <laughs> so sorry. If I am half the father you are, I will be forever grateful. You have taught me to be selfless and to always remember life is short. Sometimes that can get in parentheses. Sometimes that gets us in trouble. Wink. <laughs> You are the most generous person I have ever met, not only to your friends, but to complete strangers, which I've witnessed firsthand. I am so proud of your recent accomplishments. I cherish our friendship every day and look forward to... <laughs> it is goes, so long. It he is goes, so, he goes, so long. He goes, I cherish our friendship every day and look forward to us growing old together. <laughs> Jax, you're already old. <laughs> no, but also that's what you write to your wife. You don't write that to your <laughs> I would be goes, pissed if I was Brittany. I'm pissed. <laughs> he goes, love you, man. <laughs> God, you posted this and I I was in bed. <laughs> I was in bed enraged. I was so upset and then it made me laugh so much. Cause like, I mean. And then you go over to his stories and he's posing Brittany where he's making her look so bad. <laughs> he took a shot of her from behind on the ocean. And it was so, I was like, what is going on? He posts the best pictures of Randall and Brittany. Really the best angles. Like you have to, you have to work at Randall. To be honest with you. Brittany, who's like, it's not hard to make a pregnant woman look beautiful. I think and he picks the worst angles i don't know what's happening but i don't know if it's like subconsciously he hates britney but what it, what it, i mean and then you have this really great theory which i had i had talked about last week because he had given randall on his birthday you did you see that daily mail uh article where they went out to dinner and there was paparazzi, the paparazzi. <laughs> and he gave, he gave a huge beautifully framed photo of randall playing pickleball <laughs> it's just and he wanted the paparazzi to see him handing the framed photo mm -hmm. to Randall in their mouth. could have done that privately. Oh, <laughs> but it probably would have been better. Like I, now I don't, I don't even know what pickleball is. Like I was like pickleball, like that's all of them like play like Tom Schwartz. Like they all upload, like they play doubles together. Like it's, they're trying to make it happen. <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, I don't know. We came off a season where Sandoval gave this man a Randy Jackson sword from like had Randy Jackson sign a sword from the movie Step Brothers. Like it seemed like, you know, Sandoval was going all out. And then like but you had this great theory. And this is what I had thought last week was that he had posted last week. You guys, I talked about this where he wrote like he did a story and he goes set life, you know, because he was on a movie set. Supposedly, you have a theory that um, 
he Randall has made him a producer on his next film, right? Yes. So, I mean, <laughs> Jax is he, for a long time, like, I don't know how, how long, but many months I've noticed that even before he announced that he was quitting, it said that he was a producer on there. And I was like, what yeah. are you producing? Right. But okay. A baby. And, how dare you? Yeah. And then he, you know, quit, got fired, wh- whatever you want to call it. And then he was like tagging and hashtagging HGTV, like just hoping somebody would give him a job. They didn't. And so I think Randall felt bad for him and threw him himself. <laughs> I mean, I really got to say, I think you're right. But so Jax will do this. And he, you know, I used to do this on the show where I would like go like the week in Jax's tweets and I would show how many products he would tag. Because if this guy <laughs> showed up at like a gas station, he'd be like Chevron, the best gas ever, because he would want free gas. And I imagine yes. like, and and you've seen his man cave. It's just, it looks like just wall to wall shit. Like it's just, oh. it's like the eighties, like threw up all over a garage, you he, know? He, he, it, he decorates his garage as if he were like a veteran, like an 80 year old. Yeah. Well, and there's no other room for Jax to have any other memories in that garage. Like every space <laughs> is completely, I, I, I just get fascinated. That's why Jax fascinates me though, because there's this mix of, he thinks he's smarter than all of us yet he's dumber than most of us. And then he tries to do this sacrosanct, like I feel so deeply as a man, yet he has proven to be like a sociopath time and time again. So it's like this weird, all these different things happening in one scared boy, you know? Yeah. What was tough is seeing him from the beginning of Vanderpump Rules to now, because before he had no money. So he still had, you know, he had an ego. He was very like rude. And he obviously was riding off of Stassi. Stassi was paying for rent and blah, blah, blah. But he still really didn't have much power. So it's such a different relationship with him and Brittany. He has the money. He has, you know, a relative fame. And he completely, you know, we saw it like, why, why don't you make me a sandwich all the time? It's just like, <laughs> by the way, great. great. And by the way, we, Lindsay revisited the sandwich argument in summer house too. We it, it <laughs> really, what a, what a, and by the way, Lindsay did the sandwich argument, right. I think, but Jax yes. was Brittany. Like I pay for your boobs. I pay for everything. Where's my sandwich. Oh, even when he was like, I'm, I'm going to tell you how big you're going to go. That was like, he was constantly crossing lines. And then afterwards it was always the same thing. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> it's like, you're 50 years old, man. <laughs> well, th- I mean, but it's interesting. Like you bring up the point of like, he's really had no, he's one, he's somebody that tells us he's had character development, that he's had an arc, but he's never really fully shown it. He's just told us because he's mm-hmm. told us he's like changed. But then we even saw in the last season, he got upset at the drop of a dime, you know, supposedly had Adderall abuse. Supposedly his brain was bruised. Remember he had mental health issues all of a sudden yeah. after he had made fun of Ariana for having actual health, mental health issues. So yeah. uh, it, that's the kind of stuff that really enrages me when somebody, you know, does the things that they make other you know, fun of she made fun of bisexuality with Ariana, and I, I know yeah, that Jax has been with men as well, it. allegedly. So that kind of stuff really personally upsets me for some reason. But then somebody mm-hmm. like Carl, I think I am more apt. I mean, we we joke about his character development, like making a bed, but I do mm-hmm. believe Carl. Like I do believe he's yes. like I do. I did have a problem. I do have a problem, and I'm trying yes. to change. You know? Yeah, I think in general, like as far as when you see both of their history, Carl. I mean, I don't know what how old he was when he started, or I guess it doesn't really matter. When you're single and having fun, it kind of it's not surprising that he was a fuckboy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That kind of, that is why you got. If you have the, the opportunity to be a fuckboy, you're probably going to be a fuckboy. Yeah. And that's, and that's how it was. And then you could kind of just see as he's getting older, that's starting to change. So you are seeing somewhat of him growing up and he's not, 
I'm not, you know, excusing everything that Carl did, but it just with Jax, it was very different. He was not only like the stuff he was saying about the bisexuality, like it really just didn't make any sense at all. He's not articulate. (laughs) He was just like making fun of it and he would apologize, but then he'd go and watch what happens live and just say, I don't know what he said, but he was disparaging Ariana like more and more. And it was just like, I, you hang out in West Hollywood. Why are you, what are you saying anything about partners with a bunch of, you know, homosexual men that you call your good friends. It would be best if you wouldn't ever make light of anything like that. Um, Mm -hmm. But he's full of that. Like he's, he's one of those guys and he's a type of reality star that is, you know, he's a type. Like, I mean, I, there, there's a type like Jax, I think across even the housewives and stuff that are mm-hmm. more bluster and then they act like they're sensitive, but then they'll lash out and then they blame a bad edit. Now his bad yeah. edit, he came out with a, a, you know, an IG live a couple of weeks ago and was saying, you know, Bravo wanted to like pigeonhole me, you know, one season they wanted me as this. Once and you know, and I'm a father now. I can't do that. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I believe you're a mother. When are, are you a? Is he a father? The moment of conception. When when is Jack <laughs> a father? When is that legally a father? Is, is the moment when she's pregnant, or I mean, a mother I is mean, a mother the moment she has a baby inside of her. I believe, but mm-hmm. a father, a father. I think he was just super quick to say that. I mean, he he wants to be able to put a label on rather than say like, you know, I'm 46 years old and I have, you know, I'm an ex reality star. Like he just wants to, he always like wanted to use this age as a way to like elevate. Like I'm much more mature than you, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, we all see the same thing. Like it's just, it was a joke when he was telling Lisa Vanderpump that it was his show. Like he just doesn't get it. Wasn't that great though? Because that was the first moment that Lisa Vanderpump came alive all season. She was like, Oh, it's my show. You know, like she actually came alive that, that time. That's what I specifically, that moment I think was really important because they never break the fourth wall ever. And I think Vanderpump rules. The reason why like ratings went down so bad was because there was no, like, we all know that they are popular and that they're making money off the internet. Like everything is so much more like visual, like you, we all know this and they wanted to keep it going as if these people are still working at Sir. And it's fun. It's, I think maybe Lisa really wanted Sir to be like involved in some way, but it's like these people, you know, are buying $2 million homes. We know that they're not just working at Sir but they kept that in and they were trying to bring more people in. It was just starting to be a mess. It It was a mess. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think. I think there's a huge push because of the amount of uh, fans like us that are out there that are, that are, you know, the audiences are very savvy. You know, they've grown up on these shows and they realize what they like and what they don't like. And I think the push now is we want a little more reality in our reality. We know immediately when something's false. And so when Vanderpump gives us this half-baked, we're throwing everything at the wall and nothing's sticking, like we can feel that as an audience. So in that last episode, when they broke the fourth wall, which we had started to do on Beverly Hills, you know, with Bravo, Bravo, Mm -hmm. fucking Bravo, it was a really kind of magical moment even for the audience. And I know that sounds silly, I'm saying that, but it was (laughs) a magical moment for the audience because it even woke us up and goes, Okay, good. They're aware they're being filmed. Like, I yeah. love that. I would have loved a reality show about Vanderpump Rules 
how they plotted their comeback after everything that's happened in this last year. Wouldn't you love to see the behind the scenes conversations? Yeah. I mean, I just want, I want a specific segment of just the producers behind the scene. What do we see it? Because that is so, that is so important. Like this is, I don't, I'm I'm sure you don't watch it, but like if we go over to another network like MTV and you look at teen mom, the reason they had so much. Yeah. They have, cause the, the producers are a, they made the producers characters. They broke it. Yeah, they broke it down. And I think that's the, the that's them evolving with the longevity of the show, because it was just like a lot of the time that people were filming by themselves. And it's like you need a conversation to happen or something explaining what's going on or even specifically what's going on online, because so much of that, that's another issue. I think that they should probably as far as Bravo bring more in is what is happening online, because so much is happening between comments and stuff and not any regular Bravo like watcher is following every single housewife from the franchise. I exactly. That's, I always say that on this show is that there needs to be a week in Bravo um, um, social media because Mm -hmm. there is a whole second show that is overtaking the first show and it's Mm -hmm. all online. And then people are, then it's becoming part of the plot. And then half the audience doesn't are on on social media. So they have no idea what's going on. I mean, you see that on every housewife show, every reality show, there's like this whole thing where Bravo doesn't seem to have strict rules in place for how social media works. So you get these messes where housewives are calling out other housewives. I'm seeing a huge thing right now, which we can talk about a little bit is like Lisa Rinna, you know, and the amount of shows she is being rumored to have. Can you speak a little bit of that? I'm kind of confused because I first I heard that she was in talks to do some sort of like revival of the charm show or like a charm VH1's charm school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But I guess moving to, I don't know if it was supposed to be on VH1 or if it's Bravo. Bravo, but they were going to take the concept because it's all part of, I I think that's, uh, is MTV and VH1 part of the umbrella? Yeah. But it was, they were taking the concept. Yeah. Okay. So she was in talks to do that. And then, which I don't know much about, but I'm seeing it float around, is that they want to do basically a replacement of doing the Hamlins in in replacement of uh, keeping up with the Kardashians. And apparently they want Scott to be on it. I don't know if that's a rumor, but everybody's talking about it. So yeah, this just came out in the last two days. I definitely don't want it. But at the same time, I just, I famously don't like Lisa Rinna. You guys know that Uh, unless she has a show like Charm School. And if I have a possibility to be on it, I love her so much. But um, the Kardashians, yeah, that was what I was hearing, which would kind of like then make the the Amelia Bedelia Hamlin Scott Disick relationship kind of make yes. a little not make sense. None of it will make it make sense. But um, they want to know more. They want to know. They want to watch the car crash. I just don't know how much as far as the daughter is going to give out. Like as far as I mean, Lisa Renna, you could call. I mean, there she's not open about everything, but she is somewhat like you know, open with the mess. And I don't know if her daughter would be like the bit. My thought was that like, are we about to get a Scott Disick, Amelia sex tape just to follow yeah. in the lines of like Kim and Ray J, you know, like <laughs> I feel like, and like Lisa's like, okay, baby showtime, you know, because Lisa is loving all of this, by the way, Lisa, I had a couple of people yes. overnight send me screenshots of Lisa commenting on everything about Scott and Amelia uh, oh, like a really? lot of people had posted about the Lisa Rinna show and Lisa like posted on somebody like, sign me up, baby. Um, part of me also <laughs> thinks, you know, people think, and especially like Lisa, she thinks I always, my theory was that she was the one that uh, was involved in the radar online mess and not Lisa Vanderpump because Ooh, Lisa, well, I think it's Vanderpump. Well, no, because remember, <laughs> she, Lisa Rinna said 
Lisa Vanderpump taught me everything about what she used to do. Remember that one piece yeah, of dialogue? I, yes. And then I was like, wait a sec. If that like Rena does make chess moves or what she thinks of as chess moves, she <laughs> and like she never really has her own plot going, but she does like use other people's stuff against them. So my always thought Lisa Rena would have totally done that. It would have been it would have totally been in her character to do that. And Lisa Vanderpump, it would even explain why she was even more crestfallen because it finally, her bullshit finally caught up with her. And it's like almost like Shakespearean Mm -hmm. in the betrayal, you know? Yes. I will say that like going with that theory, as far as a motivator to go down against Vanderpump as if there weren't already many reasons, Lisa has spoken about, uh, Rena has spoken about how upset she was about the Munchausen's thing about she ended up saying it. Vanderpump was kind of fueling her that, you know, you need to bring it up. This is the, you know, this is the definition of it and you need to bring it to the table. And she got, Rena said that she got so much hate for it and she almost did not sign up for another season. So she could be holding, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, so did you see that picture that supposedly she is, she gets sent her diamond uh, this season in the credits? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, there was a picture of her holding the diamond. And I was like, oh, no, she gets sent her diamond. I mean, like, here's the deal. I'm not like I everybody says, oh, I won't be watching this season. If like, no, everybody's going to be watching. I'll be mm-hmm. watching regardless. If, if Lisa Ren is on for the rest, I'll be watching. And even yes. that jet, we were just having that huge conversation about Jax. I'm like damn it. That man makes me almost want to see him fail as a dad. I want that. on tape. You know, I want that. I want, cause my, uh, also my, well, I've been uh, asking my guests like to place bets, like how many hours or days until we get the first photo of a skin on skin photo of Jackson, the baby. He's going to, he's going to make it completely about him. Oh, you and think? I just know that. Oh yeah, I know. And um, I feel like it's just, if they had, cameras there it would only be so much time until he goes in to say i make this amount of money i bring in the bacon why am i getting up at night you know kind of a a story which would drive me freaking nuts (laughs) well if they ever get divorced he's gonna ask for those boobs back (laughs) he's like those are mine i pay for those community taylor on no sleep like no Well, uh, do I also think i bet we get a photo of jackson randall and the baby together Could you imagine? Like everybody's like shirtless, like just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yes, I can totally imagine. Like, um, okay, holding so- him from behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's a year anniversary of when Jax used to post all the time about the Irishman. Because uh, remember, guys, Randall Emmett was up for Oscars last season for the uh, Martin Scorsese film. And Jax wouldn't go a week without posting how proud of his he was of his friend Randall Emmett on the Irishman. And like he, he once posted this movie review, and I think it was basically like, I... I, that was amazing. I don't know if I understood any of it. You know, like you would tell he didn't understand the Irishman, but he was like so proud of his friend, friend Randall. Um, okay. I'm, I can geek out with you all day, but I do want to find out a little bit more about you. You started uh, just in August, which is crazy. Uh, I asked this of anybody, why are you doing this? Why are do you, do you dislike yourself? What's going on? Like your, your Instagram is a wild beast. It's nicer than Twitter, but it is so much time commitment, so much interaction and the deep dives you do take so much work. What is all behind this? Well, I initially started in August because, you know, obviously the pandemic and being closed in was depressing for all of us. I, kept, I'm not aware and, of what you're speaking of. <laughs> just letting you know I was depressed. <laughs> and, um, but like I was, uh, you know, 
following a lot more Bravo pages and I just really like the community. I like seeing everybody's like opinions back and forth. And I myself didn't have many friends that were into Bravo. And I feel like people who watch Bravo, they have a certain kind of humor that everybody can relate to. Like we all laugh at the same things and, and whatnot. And so I decided I'm just going to make my own page and see where it goes. And I generally read a lot. I I usually read like a book a week. And so I kind of just took all that energy instead of reading books, which probably is not the way to go. But then I just took it and I just went down rabbit holes. And my first one what, was... Did you, did you know going into it that you were like, I'm going to make my account about going down rabbit holes? Or did that no. eventually just kind of come to you? Yeah, I think my first deep dive was like two months after making it. I had no idea. I was just kind of wanting to be like a little shady and post, not mean, but just like a little shady. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to. Yeah. It. Yeah. And so, but I, you know, at that time I didn't really know the identity. I actually was like, okay, I'm not going to tell anybody I'm doing it. I'm just, I, I might delete it tomorrow. Like, I don't know. And then I was going down some rabbit hole about the Hiltons and it was a story about Paris Hilton and her youngest brother, Conrad, who I had no idea there that brother existed. No idea. Yeah, <laughs> and I started like, getting like a DUI. He had like a couple issues in the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, he was like arrested on a plane and like going berserk and calling people peasants. Yes, like, yes, <laughs> yes. I remember yes. that now. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, so I remember, I vaguely remember that. And so I just started like looking that up. And then apparently he got arrested and then Hilton's Kathy and uh, the husband, I can't remember his name Rick, right now. Rick, Rick, Rick. They were, they basically have worked very hard to cover it up. But basically he got, I don't know if he was drunk or some situation happened where he was under the influence and he stole his girlfriend's father's car. And the backstory into it, when I went deeper, the girlfriend, (laughs) he dated the girlfriend because his her father is Rick Solomon, the person who had the sex tape with with Paris Hilton. And also was married to Pam Anderson two times. Pam Anderson and oddly the the voice of the person who does Tommy from the Rugrats. Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I, I know who you're talking. I know exactly. Uh, I know I her face. Yes, I don't yes, know her yes. name. But it was basically there was like you know then a lot of Page Six articles came up about how he pursued this daughter to get revenge for Rick Solomon making his life miserable because at the time when the sex tape dropped he was 13 and com- like ridiculed and. <laughs> Uh, private school or whatever and it was just like the wildest story and i was like these people need to know this shit this is crazy (laughs) i had no idea this is what i love about these families like the hiltons the kardashians they are interconnected with everyone like it really like you can go down this weird rabbit hole like you did where it's like wow this connects with so many different pieces of pop culture like i was watching that i don't know if you saw that david foster documentary on netflix Oh, um, I didn't, but I did, I did kind well, of cover. Yeah. Well, it's, it's fascinating <laughs> just because they even pointed out like how his marriages connected him to everyone in Hollywood or like everybody was friends with like, he's been know, married every, to everybody. Chris, yeah. And everybody was friends with Chris Jenner at one point. Like it is interesting how mm-hmm. small of a town Hollywood is when it comes to kind of the pop culture. I mean, also, I always mm-hmm. like to joke that Calabasas is like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith and the Kardashians. And someday there will be a civil war between those two families. <laughs> and they, But we almost had the first shot. When we had, story. Yeah, we had the first shot uh, a couple of years ago when uh, Jordan, Jordan Woods, Kylie's yes. friend crossed over and like almost supposedly cheat on Tristan. And then Jade, uh, um, Jaden Smith stood up for, uh, uh, Jordan. And then yes, she went on red a, table talk, right? Yeah. I mean, guys, if you ever have to go on red table talk, that's a real sign that something's going wrong in your life. You know, <laughs> do not go on red table talk. Um, 
Who's no, on Facebook? Now, yeah, yeah, what, uh, my dad. Um, what, um, so that was your first dive. And then mm-hmm. what are the, cause you, you really have hit some really insane stories that you, I mean, I remember, you know, this is kind of not Bravo related, but kind of when Erica Jane got involved, the army hammer stuff, which we did a couple full episodes on, but I think you were even close. You even fully broke down like, like areas like where her house was where his house was yeah so my um the account that mainly kind of got it started going and she did a lot of the work on it was at bravo bravo Bravo, ducking Ducking bravo Bravo. yeah Mm -hmm. and so i mean she's combing through like layouts of the street and and because in california you have to pay to find out like i guess certain documents to find out who lives where or something like that and so she found out that an actor lived right next to the um rental house Erica Jane was renting. So Erica Jane was renting a house. There was a house right next to it and it was owned by Jonathan Tucker. And Jonathan Tucker basically was acting in um, Canada with his family and he let Army stay in the pool house. And so uh, she was like, I need to figure out how to connect them and to just make sure that, you know, that is happening and they're all over each other's um, Instagram. So, but every people wanted to cover that up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well did you see that news story i guess just yesterday that army hammer has moved out of that the mansion that they him and his wife elizabeth chambers owned in the in the yeah. said in the dead of night page six said you know no a p- page page six was click baiting the hell out of that yeah. he army hammer is in the canons he's not leaving because if anything actually goes down as far as a court order in the cayman islands you, extradition. you have to yeah an extradition and it has to be upon the judge's approval and so most likely, I mean, I don't know how much you know about Army Hammer, but his family has deep ties in the island. They've been paying generationally for a lot of things like schools and stuff there. They're not going to give him up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, I know Army actually pretty well. I, I used to be in acting class school with him for years. So I know <laughs> I'm one of the, I'm, my personal account, I'm one of the people that he follows. Like I feel bad, like going, I don't feel bad because he's done some really messed up things, but it is insane. Uh, all the stuff that has come out. Uh, and really, and did you get any news about, remember when we were supposed to have that big expose drop that everybody was waiting yes. for that one weekend of Super Bowl weekend? Did you find out any information in your, your research? Basically, from what I understood is it was everybody was basically talking about a British publication or it coming out in LA Times. And from my, from my research and guess, guessing around, I think there was definitely photographs that people were bidding on. And I think that it it basically fell through because they are dealing. There's too much litigation happening between the victims and then families of the victims and things going on. But I do know that in general there are things in the works that will come out. I just can't speak to them. Well, you know, nobody listens to this. You can speak to them. <laughs> no, no, no. I, um, no, that's the thing. You know, it is interesting, and I feel like with. Um, when we get on this and like accounts like yours and other things is that like people are ravenous people when, when a story drops, they want all of it right then and there. And, you know, a legal process, they don't realize how much stuff goes in and like how the wheels of justice move so slowly and our legal system moves so slowly and it can benefit sometimes the perpetrator more than any kind of innocent party. So it's, it's really, these things do take, take time. 
Yeah, it's kind of tough for cases like this because in general, the way the news cycle works, everybody, like you said, is ravenous and they're super into it and they can't get enough of it. Two weeks later, people aren't talking about it as much and the next news cycle goes through. Whereas like say when we were talking about the Paris Hilton sex tape, I, I, w- I, was, I don't even know how old I was, but I felt like they were talking about it for two years. Like yeah. they did not let up on that. It's it's because pop culture is speeding up. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it's like they say the older you get, the faster time goes. But I think in pop culture, it's like we have so many avenues to get our pop culture now. We didn't have TikTok years ago. We didn't have this. You know, when Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton, we just had Perez Hilton during that time. So Perez Hilton and TMZ <laughs> during that time, you had like D-listed, maybe just Jared was still around, you know, but yeah, it was very, mm-hmm. and now you have so many things on top of, Instagram accounts that are doing deep dives. You have all of these things. And it really mm-hmm. is, if you can just wait it out, if you can just wait that first week out for army, I believe it was like two weeks, maybe three weeks Yeah, it out. It is really quieted down. And you yeah. see, people start doubting. People are like, what was that story again? Like, was he a cannibal or was he, what was it? On? You know, people forget. I, know. I found it pretty telling that a lot of like these news art news publications weren't really covering what he did. They basically labeled it as like, oh, he's kind of a cat animalism. And, you know, that's the um, clickbait. And then it just went over. It just was all very light. It wasn't actually accusing him of rape or saying that that is actually what's floating around out there. What It didn't get too heavy. There were some other articles that did. But as far as the main stuff that people are looking at, they're, I mean, to me, that looked like they were supporting him. No, because that that made the public think like, okay, you guys are just kink shaming, like, let it go. Um, if anything, I hope that, which I think I'm seeing her get a lot more like um, attention around it, is Casey Hammer, Army's aunt, who was um, molested by Army's father growing up. And her book she, is. She's crazy. the one that wrote the it's, book, right? Yeah. Yeah, Surviving My Birthright. And it is insane. What it, it basically should, it just shows how ugly her childhood was. And Army's father is a sociopath. Like, allegedly. I always, I, I always, no, I mean, I always even knew that you know, years ago. I mean, I, I mean that, that is a very, and he has a very wild family history. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it, uh, it really is shocking to see how this is all turning out, but it, uh, you know, a movie star is a powerful thing, but I also, you know, army is actually a weird movie star in nowadays where it's, you know, we've been trying, you know, studios have been trying to make army hammer happen for years. He's never Mm -hmm. had a really solid box office hit. Call me by your name. Of course, a critical darling and really a great movie. But in terms of like the big movies he's done, none of them have really hit the way you would want a quote unquote movie star to hit. In fact, a lot of people, this is crazy. Still don't really know who army hammer is. Like I, if I, if I told my parents, (laughs) they would not know at all. No, most people were actually DMing me, like, who is who this? Is this? Yeah. Who is this? <laughs> oh my like, God, this sounds amazing. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, which I find fascinating that like we've lit like we've had 10 years where this guy has had so many movies out. And you know, I wonder if that I it, the whole thing is fascinating and I'm I'm curious to find out more, but I think there is a you know, when he's quiet like this, there's a perceived cockiness to all the DMS that have been released and all the, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to kind of hear more drop. And it is now interesting to see how like house of Effie, the girl that uh, one of his victims, the DMS will Mm -hmm. release the DMS, but she had unsent all of her messages. So it's his, just his screenshots, Mm -hmm. which is hard because when the information doesn't drop like that, you start kind of victim blaming almost. I kind of see the tides turning with that as well. Do you see that as well? Yeah, I already am. Um, I think in general, like 
which naturally you, you can't like judge anybody who is going through like a trauma. She is starting to um, act a little manic, like with kind of lashing out at people or yeah, I've like, seen that a lot. Yeah. Strange things. Or even and other victims, other victims, like, you know, yes, it's creating distrust, unfortunately. Um, and so as that goes, I, I don't know, you know, how that's going to play out, but I, she's making it seem like she's done some interviews. So I'm interested to see how that's going to come out. What have you learned from doing all of this that you didn't know a year ago, or even just in how terms of like pop culture works or the news cycle works or Bravo works? What are the things you've learned? Um, well, it's very interesting with um, Instagram and having a an account that's specifically Bravo related. Um, you know, I would get it basically was in the, a small sphere of the people who watch Bravo and the people who are on the shows or something like that as far as interaction. And I am interested in pop culture stuff. And so I would kind of sprinkle that in here and there. And so it's funny, you just don't know what's going to get popular. And obviously, Army Hammer got popular, but like all over everywhere. So it was kind of just interesting seeing, you know, who was viewing your stories and you have people like, um, I believe her name is Marielle. Mariella, it's what Muhammad Hadid's daughter was like looking at it. And I have a Muhammad Hadid deep dive, like going into everything he did. And I was just like, please, for the love of God, do not look. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, I mean, I, cause I do snarky. I mean, all the, I mean, I, I don't even look, I don't even look anymore who, I mean, I see the number who, like how many people view their stories, but I don't go mm-hmm. scrolling through it because like, I don't want to know if a Bravo lab, like, I just don't want to, <laughs> like, I don't, I get, I, there's not, I'm like the biggest idiot where I don't look at my insights page. I don't look, I don't mm-hmm. want to know who drew, I don't want to know who unfollowed me. None of that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, it, it, that day I was seeing like, you know, different celebrities and I was like, whoa, oh, it would make <laughs> me feel so like, yeah, I just want to be able to like do my stupid jokes in peace. And like, if you like it, great. <laughs> If not, I know I'm a horrible person, you know? Um, Okay. So, but you said to Muhammad Hadid, let's get into some of these things. Like, what did you find out about Muhammad Hadid? Okay. Well, I didn't realize how many like rape allegations were out there about him. We'll start with that. That was going on. And also another woman, a Polish woman basically said that she was having an affair with him the whole entire time that he was with Shiva. He was engaged to her. And then Shiva was was his last wife, right? I, I don't know if they got married, but maybe they did get married. But I don't think they did. But that was the I, one. I that was the one that was always on uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, right? She, is yeah, that, she, she was the there a little bit. She, 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 yeah. So we saw her on there, but she was like more background. But she was actually on the show, um, Second Wives Club. So she got <laughs> okay, on there great. because of him. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, a lot of I think the biggest, the craziest thing is him getting away with so much. Um, he built this house that was, it's like a mansion. Of course, anything on the Hollywood Hills is big. This was like six houses together. And so he took away all of the infrastructure. Like he took, he broke down all of the hill, but he didn't replace it like um, with any anything to catch water. So if it rained, it would basically create almost a mudslide and flood out everyone below him. And there were, he didn't pay any, a lot of his debts that were leaned against him. But also he, didn't get the pro, he, yeah, he didn't get the proper permits for that house, right? Never the proper permits. Well, why mean, would you it, do it, that? Why would you, why would you go into it thinking that you were above per, I mean, like, it just seems like an he, easy, like, he didn't even have the money to cover anything. And they even said like the contractors that were on the job said they didn't have enough rebar for it, which for people who don't know, rebar is basically for how tall a structure is. It needs to go the same length or at least kind of half or more below just to hold it down in case there is a 
um, mudslide or an earthquake or something like that. So he openly said there wasn't enough rebar. We built it anyway. So we're talking about being on top of a hill. We're going to enjoy this house for as long until there's the first big rain. And then we're just going to say goodbye to everybody around this area. Um, But like, and now he's like, doesn't he have to like pay to get it all removed? Like the whole house? So basically the judge, um, all of the neighbors had to get together and do the litigation and pay for it to go against Muhammad to get it, the judge to take it down or whatever. So eventually that happened. He said, you need to take it down. It's been years and it's still nothing has happened at all. And they said that the, um, all of the neighbors don't get like, uh, their litigation paid for. So they had to all spend all of this money just to get LA to say, no, you shouldn't build this. But he went off and he built this huge, huge, like development in, I believe, Egypt. And then now I, the news just broke yesterday. So I need to know more about it. LA times featured a story about how there's another development of land that is in LA that he's basically trying to um, F up nature reserves. And it's this huge development again. Yeah, let's F up some nature reserves. (laughs) And it's like, you know, and it it basically was the same story. It was, you know, $150 million project, give or take, or something like that. And he didn't have 30 million to to put in. It was just like, why is this dude building the biggest projects? He doesn't have any money. And apparently Sylvester Stallone sued him. (laughs) <laughs> Great. So now Stallone's involved. Great. Now Stallone's involved. Um, by the way, the Muhammad too is like, we, you guys, you know, you, we know him. He's like, remember we like Lisa was friends with them and he was like, all had that part of his house. that was all like the, uh, was it like the, the Persian room or the, where all yes. the, like the, you know, the, and supposedly had wild <laughs> sex parties down there and stuff. And yeah, um, did you pull up all those, you had said all you know about the people he was like kind of cheating with, but like all the um the dirty DMs, you know, with that one girl where he was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, with the Polish. She, it was the funniest one, the standout comment from the Polish girl. And they were doing, you know, their sexting, and he's like, "I want to eat per- pierogies off your naked body." And I was like, "Why do men say the stupidest shit? Like the stupidest stuff? Like who wants like if you have the chance to see like a naked body, like like kiss or something like that? Don't eat food off it. I mean, that seems like ridiculous. Also, I don't believe food should be involved with sex at all. Like that's two separate things that should be. I mean, isn't that like a dumpling? Like I don't. Like, yes, why it's like, would you want like, like a, is it like a hot dumpling? Like is there? Do you put like soy sauce in the in the belly button area? like what are we what do we it's it's so weird and like that's why and i i would hate to be Gigi or bella for so many reasons but i can't imagine now muhammad's having to like p- potentially uh kind of go out there with his hand out like could you give old pops a little bit of a little bit of sp- so, walking around money so that was the thing he was approaching instagram models i mean this is like you know the age-old story he was dming instagram models you know trying to like get them to hook up with them or hang out with them. And he always <laughs> dropped the line. Like, did you know that my daughters are Gigi and Bella? Like we can help you. Or I have connections in the modeling industry. And that was his opening liner was dropping his daughter's names. And that was just so gross. He's out. like, do you, do you like the music of the weekend? Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> I had insane. somebody that actually said that she hung out with him and the whole same thing. They didn't hook up allegedly but <laughs> like you know that that was the opening thing so it's, it was funny to get confirmation from somebody 
I wonder if there's a point where people like, because Mohammed's story, uh, I mean, it's very specific, but it's not very uh, unique in the sense that a lot of older men go for younger women and really bad. But like, I wonder if there's a point where Mohammed realizes what a loser he comes off like, you know, like how sad, because at a certain age, it's like, it goes, it's creepy and wrong, but then there's also this <laughs> element and maybe I'm romanticizing it like the men of Southern charm, but it's sad. It's like sad. Yeah. You they like, oh my God, this man is just, you, you can't, you can't beat back father time and it's gross now. Like it's, I just not- can't look at his like thin long hair anymore. Like it's just, he just is trying to be like super tan with the long hair. And like, he's trying to keep like some sense of like sexiness going. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> <laughs> <Even> it- <laughs> um, okay. Uh, you know, this is a, a pop culture story that just broke because this was huge over the, uh, the Christmas break into the new year. Hilaria Baldwin. What? a new baby that just I completely forgot about that yeah so who knows she didn't even say if it was boy girl or the name but I just I don't know I can't remember all of the names of the kids but they're all very very Spanish names so I think that's kind of the elephant in the room like are you going to name this kid Tom? Oh, well, it's got to it's got to be Randy. You got to name him Randy <laughs> or yeah, like Tommy. Um, what? Wait, I wait. Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't when all this stuff was going down. I didn't know she was pregnant. No, she kept it under wraps. I think she maybe she was planning on like <sighs> revealing it before, but then everything kind of went south. So was it a surrogate? Didn't. Was it through surrogate surrogacy? Oh, it, that's possible because she I just to- don't. The dates don't match up from her last child to this. It would almost be, I don't yeah, know. If you look, if you look at all of her past, like Instagram, anytime she was pregnant, she was constantly posting like the naked, you know, yes, so she was, was, was very was, like showing off. I hate to say it, it's her, it's kind of her shtick, you know, and, and Alec Baldwin made a very specific comment and the last baby of this is our final child uh, of this family. And we're so grateful. And like he made public comments. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have two minds of like this, if it's surrogacy, then it's planned. Um, but mm-hmm. it's just such a weird timing for all this to happen. And I wonder, it's like, okay, so this was planned before all this went down. Cause you never mm-hmm. want to think a, a baby is like a PR, you know, a PR. I know. Right. Well, I mean, Stassi's like tried to come back for a minute by dropping the news that she was pregnant. <laughs> well, you know, what's so crazy is that, uh, well, uh, I had, um, uh, Sarah Heron from us weekly. She's on the mm-hmm. podcast today on Monday. Uh, you guys, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to that. We, I asked her because she was the one that broke the Stasi baby news. And I said, hey, was that the, you know, I got to ask, you know, in terms of Stasi, you know, we know she hired the PR crisis counselor and, um, you know, and, and Sarah was like, yeah, we know him. She named the name. We know him very well and stuff. And, and she's like, actually, though, the baby was not part of that. We knew about the baby. Um, she's like, we knew about the baby at this certain date. The story was already written before any of this wow. stuff came out. And we, the, the PR crisis counselor did not push the baby thing as a PR move. Uh, there were, there were many other things he pushed as a PR move. The baby was not a part of that. And she was like, I would be happy to tell you if that wasn't the case. Um, but it really, in that case, it wasn't, um, which, but by the way, you know, in that, in just how today's society works, we couldn't help but think that it was a PR. Yeah. I well, mean, what was kind horribly. of tough is I don't, I don't know how long like the the whole firing scandal happened, like how long people were talking about it, whether it was one week, two weeks, or something like that. So it it was maybe perhaps then they were planning on dropping that news, and then 
everything hit the fan and exactly. we were like well okay. i think because she she hired the pr guy pretty much i think within like the week of this all the faith stuff dropping uh because you know that would explain also the Dodie stassi letters that were very similar all of that stuff but that actually kind of i mean weirdly comforted me that i'm like oh because you don't want to ever think anybody would ever use their baby in terms of getting a favorable light just in terms of like a reality show like people to like me more because i want to have a career in whatever this is that i do for the rest of my life so i'm going to use my baby to like and it's but it is weird though because that's how pop culture works and and i'm sure you know is that like it paints this certain picture so anything you read from this person you you have an automatic taint. It's tainted in your mind. Yeah. Like I was I was reading Stassi's um you know stuff about her not bouncing back from her baby body yeah. or her baby body. She's like I'm you know finding it really hard, and she's like I'm being open and honest. And I hate that my mind constantly will with everybody, not just Stassi, will go to the negative of like uh oh, trying to get that mama influencer <laughs> money, you know and. <laughs> And it, it almost refuses to accept that things are real. And I think that's just the day and age that we live in. Do you ever deal with that? Yeah, I it's it's hard because I feel the same way you do where you are. you With the way everything is, especially in Hollywood, you do have to understand that there are angles in, in everything. Are they angling for a show or do they want you know, the public to kind of like them again and stuff like that? But you have to kind of somewhere try to think logically and falling in the middle because you don't want to ever like I you know I don't want to be like we're going to cancel this person and we're never going to uh like them and I I want them to fall off a bridge like everybody really is just like wanting to write people off and not like them and I just don't want to you know I I do yeah, you think don't want to that, encourage that yes I don't I don't obviously don't think what she did was right at all but I also in general I don't think people should be so so hateful and just kind of understand that you know she is a human we don't want people to feel if they already seem like they feel like really depressed and upset about it we should just like let them be i think they like get it <laughs> well yeah i mean, you, I mean you're you getting it on such a public scale and then hopefully you are getting it hopefully you are learning hopefully you are becoming mm-hmm. a better person so you can actually pay that forward and, and 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 you know when somebody influences that many people because she's still insanely incredible popular you want to mm-hmm. be able to put out the right message to all of your fans yes. you know yeah there are so many things i mean like i said i just learned to make my bed last week because of carl that's a very <laughs> positive message that I learned from reality shows. So you want to be Put able that to that on a home. t-shirt. <laughs> I, learned, I learned to make my bed for Carl. Yeah. Um, uh, so I like that canceling thought though, because we are really in that day and age of that. And all of these shows, you know, we had the Real Housewives of New Jersey immediately into the Jackie and Teresa fight. And, you know, you got to choose a side and it's like, it's getting vicious like Potomac was between Candace yeah. and Monique. And my thought is, who cares? I mean, first off, who cares? Second off, <laughs> this is why we love these shows. Don't get so mad. Enjoy it. This is inter- like, enjoy it. Enjoy these ladies fighting because this is what we love. But you don't have to, you don't know, nobody, you don't no have need to, to solve insult it. strangers over them being yes, Team yes, Teresa. Yes. <laughs> Let's be honest, Teresa, bless her heart, she has not changed one bit. She does not accept the logic in any form, in any it way. Never and that's has, who she is. Never has. You know, you could. <laughs> You could explain everything and do like a PowerPoint presentation and she would mm-hmm. be like, ah, it doesn't matter. She, she, 
Jackie could have replaced that analogy with Joe. I mean, first of all, she probably wouldn't even have cared. Like, okay, I wouldn't have get it. But she, she in general, she came in not wanting to be happy with Jackie. She's never yeah. been happy with Jackie. It was going to end that way. I mean, yeah, because even Jackie, she was, was like, can I, Jackie was like, can I talk? Can, I, can you just listen and talk? She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like she was already like, screw you. I, I, of course I'm going to listen. Of course. Um, but uh, so, I mean, and then it uh, what, I, let me just do a quick round thing of Atlanta. What are you thinking? Were you uh, post Bolo? What did you think of last night's episode in terms of Kenya uh, coming after the ladies of really trying to find out who had sex with Bolo in that room? So the thing is, obviously, we all know they're on a show, so they're going to talk about it. If it, if it occurs within filming, you can't obviously you want your friend to keep a secret, but we can't just be straight up mad at her that she's talking about it because that's where they're on a show. But I didn't like how on this episode, she really put an emphasis on, I can't remember the specific word she said, but she was for sure slut shaming. Whoever oh, yeah. did this, that's what I didn't like. It was like, there's a difference between like, let's find out the tea who, you know, who was with spending the night with Bolo or that is disgusting. You're doing this in my house with my kid here. You're in a, you know, a slut or whatever it is. It's like you knew you you were hosting this vacation. You knew Bolo was coming, and you're like Candy here. said. This like Candy said last night. This is a no judgment space. If you are going to judge, get out. What happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon. So even mm-hmm. I mean, I love that Kenya did it just for the show itself. But at the same time, I'm like, well, isn't that sucky? You encourage everybody to be freaky deaky, and now you're mm-hmm. going to like try to figure out and really shame the people that were freaky. I do wonder if it were a different person, like I think we could probably guess that it was Portia. If anybody, and I don't know if anybody else, we could say for sure, maybe Latoya, I don't know, but let's just say it's just Portia. If it were somebody else, would she have not has like gone as hard? Like say if it was Cynthia and she wasn't married and she was just the person that had sex with her, would she go as hard and try to slut shame her? No, I don't think well, she would have. Did you catch that comment? It was a really bizarre comment from Cynthia. I don't know if I heard it right, but Cynthia was like kind of the portion of like what she had a talking head of like, you know, you're single, you're this, you know, just own it. Didn't she have like a comment like that last night in a talking yeah. head where it was almost like, why isn't Portia saying it? Yeah, that was in her read professional. That right? Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, basically, I, it, part of it is like, if you did, I mean, like, what's the big deal? But maybe it's just because it's coming from. Kenya and she's you know slut shaming but I do want to highlight in the preview for next episode Drew was like a- accusing Latoya of like having sex with like a pastor or yeah, like having an affair yeah. with a pastor and yeah. I can't help but thinking is it Jamal Bryant <laughs> oh my god have you done a deep dive on Jamal yet um I think Bravo Bravo Decking Bravo did because I I haven't done him specifically. No, wait, are you are you Bravo oh Bravo God. ducking Bravo as well, or is that really a no? That is just another friend. Okay, I didn't know if that was made... like a uh, like oh I'm also a this account, account, but I'm yeah. yeah like and then you just we argue back and forth with each much. other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, I love I love that it's like almost like co investigators. You know, it's like well, it really you you is. take you take the court records and I'll take over here. You know. It really is. It's funny because we've all we've I've thought about it a little bit and it's just like we're all into people. And so it's like people interested in people and wanting to do the deep dives in it and people have stronger um, skills than others. Like I can't, you know, go and look at like tax documents like my brain does not compute. 
but I know an account who does because they have litigation background. So I send it to them or, you know, it's funny. people. Well, if you ever need any kind of like, if like a fart humor background that send it to me, (laughs) I I can, I'm really happy to help with that. Um, So Atlanta, we, we got, uh, we have that going on. It'll be interesting to see what plays out. I was also found it very uh, funny that Kenya admitted she had a crush on Toya. Yeah. I was like, that was kind of a, I couldn't tell. I, that's another that's where, where my, I kind of wonder. Brain... What was that? You kind of wonder. Oh, I. That's it's, as far as being skeptical. I. It's like I don't. I don't want to be like if someone wants to come out being you know like open and bisexual. I want to support that. But with Kenya, I was just. See, I don't know. I'm very skeptical. Is she doing that for the show? That's exactly know. what I was thinking. That's what my thought was. Exactly where I was like, oh, wait a sec. It mm-hmm. just rang a little. I don't know, because then I was like, okay, well, Toya, why don't you just give her a kiss right then and there? You know, like, oh, I like you too. And give her yeah. a kiss, you know, like I, I felt like it was just, it, it, something didn't ring true to me for that. And by no means am I like, uh, you know, if she's bisexual, that's awesome. All the power to mm-hmm. her, um, have fun. But then you, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. With it's the, the way that she packaged it as in, she was jealous of what was going on yeah. and like wanted to essentially make her feel guilty because she had some sort of claim on Latoya being like I was upset because you were I have a crush on you and you were making out with her like as if Latoya had something to answer to it was so it was like that whole package it was like hmm. what um I know we don't have you all day but what 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 what, what do we got bravo dirt wise what do you do have you got anything in the I mean First off, can you tell us anything that you're working on coming up? Secondly, do you have any dirt about like Winter House, about uh, Housewives All-Stars? Are you getting anything where you're like, I had this interesting thing come across my DMs last week? Um, well, what I'm working on right now is uh, basically a deep dive into specifically Army Hammer's great-grandfather, Armin Hammer. And I'm reading books about that right now. But that's very like, we're talking like Russian history you're having to look through. So it's very heavy. So I'm it's that one's going to take a while. Sounds fun. Why be, don't you, you yeah. handle that? You handle that. We'll read it when it's out. Yeah. Patricia Altshow is going to be next. So that's going to be fun. Oh, Patricia um, from Southern charm. I, yes. wow. I am. Like I actually would be fascinated in finding out her history. I was in the middle of marriages for and, a deep dive. Oh yeah. I was in the middle of her deep dive and then the army hammer stuff broke. So I had to like table that. Um, as do far you as think, like, wait, do you think Patricia made the army hammer stuff break because she knew you were about to do a deep dive on it? <laughs> you know, I will say, uh, as far as like what I found on her, it's all super, super interesting, but it's actually made me like her more. Like there's certain deep dives I do where I'm just like, you know, like Muhammad is like, this guy is awful. I'm just going to pull up every single part of it. Or you do a deep dive on like Lindsay Thompson, who's connected to, um, the Jenners and Elvis Presley, the Fosters connected to everybody. And I loved her. So it, it really could go either way. And um, I like Patricia a lot, surprisingly. Good stuff. I see a lot of uh, Erica Girardi stuff, um, of course, on your page as well. Uh, what do what do we have to like? What's next in that case? Uh, I, I've covered you guys know I've covered it here and 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 try to keep you up to date as much as possible. But I fell off the last month. Um, I know Tom is still living in the house, the Pasadena mansion, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any other movement on this case? And and what's going I mean, on with Erica? From what from my from my understanding, it is more like they have um he tried to basically make it out to seem like he is not of sound mind but he <laughs> he signed papers a couple months ago saying he was and there's a number of things that 
showed that. And so I think right now his brother is trying to get um, a hold. I don't know if it's necessarily a conservatorship, but something as far as the, the point of interest into handling things. And everything is basically gone, gone to, I can't remember the word for it, but it's essentially um, on a lien. And so that house is going to be taken any day now, but that's where we're kind of sitting. Because they're up for, it's up for sale. So he it, it's being shown to sell, right? Yeah. What I find is crazy is apparently sometime in January, the place was um, uh, like robbed. I don't have a lot of belongings. Yeah. Did we ever get a, a, a itemized thing of what those belongings were? Was it all just Erica Jane costumes? Yeah, right. It wasn't. It's like everything she was selling. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> my, um, Mikey's fingerprints are everywhere. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> imagine no it was like really confusing to me because everybody you have like instagram lawyers you have like twitter lawyers like just everybody is covering this case but nobody found out about the robbery until like a month later oh so is that true it was, a, mu- it was a month later a oh month later God. so it's like that's what's suspicious and about you know it. that place we, has security cameras you know that place it's has an security estate cameras. in pasadena like are you kidding we've seen, we've seen it it's a palatial <laughs> estate um <laughs> I would love, I've got, I would love to someday be able to say palatial about anything that I, <laughs> here's my palatial I, Corolla, you know? I'm very interested in seeing how the um, Housewives of Beverly Hills are going to react to finding out who is supporting her. And I, you kind of see it on Instagram. You see that Lisa Renna and Dorit yeah. have, you know, been supportive and just, you know, all about it. And Kathy Hilton, but I mean, Kathy Hilton, to be fair, does not know what she's doing on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, Kathy, Kathy Hilton, by the way, you guys, I always like to remind, she literally makes appointments on her Instagram comments of like, hey, can I see you on Tuesday at 930? <laughs> like, I'm surprised she hasn't dropped somebody's phone number. Like, I would be, I would be. Okay, yeah, Paris's social security number is 51218. <laughs> Um, she has no idea, but it's, I mean, Crystal has not posted anything, but they are, I don't know how well they know each other. Crystal's, the, Crystal's the new girl. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Minkoff, I think is her last name. And she's, um, uh, she's Asian American. Is that correct? Asian American and her husband, um, basically, I guess he was the producer for the Lion King among other films. So he's a very successful movie guy, I guess. Oh, great. Are we going to get Erica Jane and Lion King too? <laughs> you know, <laughs> The next live action. <laughs> but I hope, yeah. Hey, I'm the sexy lion. What's going on? <laughs> hey, but we um uh we need one housewife to not be cool with this. We need one housewife yes. to go like Erica, cool. your husband really built people out of millions. This isn't I funny need anymore. you know what? I never thought I'd say this, but where's the accountability? Teddy, because she yeah. <laughs> would have liked to see her opinions on <laughs> Oh my God, that's genius. Uh, that, that I would go all in. That, I mean, because I do not like, I famously don't like Teddy. I want Teddy as Erica Jane's accountability coach. Could I also want to see Erica Jane potentially be a server at Dorit's room at Buga de Beppo? Like, what if she got a part-time job? <laughs> Going serving? back to the cocktail waitress. Yes, <laughs> I mean, she obviously knows what she's, or like a, like a cheetah's like when, when it's safe after COVID, uh, you know, uh, not full, not fully nude, but like partially like a go-go bikini dancer, yeah, you know, I would die actually. But you know, that is that somewhat what she's doing with her shows anyway. Like that's kind of the vibe in general. <laughs> I just always think Erica is like the emperor with no clothes. I've never thought there's any there there. So this whole thing didn't surprise me. I mean, it's kind of more fascinating than what I believe Erica. Erica Jane is presented. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on this, but for me, it's just like all pomp and circumstance with her. It was all costumes. It was all yes. like, it's almost it like a drag queen, you know? Yeah. It was very interesting because the first season she had more of Tom in there and it was involving more, I think 
realness to that, but then you could definitely see a transition where it essentially was a character. Everybody was like, yes, we love her, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, she never offered anything about the show. People were like, yeah, that's why Sutton isn't a real housewife. And it's like, okay, that's, what did Erica bring to the table? She was her persona. And what I think is kind of crazy in general is what she is really being accused of. The level of like how serious it is, it's much worse than like Teresa went to jail for. So I don't think like the full scope of that, I mean, that will hopefully be highlighted on the show, but we're talking about, she will be in, in prison. Do you follow that guy? Do you, do you follow? Yeah, exactly. Do you follow that guy, Ronald Reagan on or Ronald something on Twitter? He's he really, he really goes hard on, I mean, not hardy. I mean, he really presents a lot of information about the Mm -hmm. Eric Jane Tom case. And then he got like all of a sudden, kind of a hard on for Dorit because Dorit stood up for her. And then he started looking into Dorit's finances. Stop. And well, she had, the, her husband had something going that they didn't cover. I don't, I don't think that was last season when maybe the season before when they went to um, the Bahamas. And I don't know if you somebody saw, came up with her clip. at the pool. Yes. Somebody yes. came up to her at the pool talking about, and I can't even remember what the, do you remember what the situation it was? It was like, you was stole money, your husband stole debt. money or something like that. Yes. And like three was like, ha ah, just kind of like laughed it off. And mm-hmm. it was, and then they had to sell the house and the house yeah. got robbed. That house got robbed too. <laughs> well, no, there was supposedly the, the guy presented information where, um, uh, PK owes was something like 3.2 million to, one of, uh, to win to Steve Wynn casinos in Vegas. Oh, oh and gambling debt. There was a gambling debt. You should look at this. Actually, this just came out a couple of weeks ago and I didn't cover it on the show, but it was just one of those pieces of information where I was like, Dorit, now Dorit stood up for Eric. And, and then Ron was like, well, I'm going to look into you it. too, you know? And well, maybe I will. <laughs> because PK, I mean, like PK is lovable and he's really managed to rehab his image in terms of housewives. We used mm-hmm. to kind of think of him like, eh, but now it's like, he does the, Mar- the beginning. <laughs> Me too. but he does now the Mauricio stuff and he's kind of funny. So everyone's like, oh, cute. But it's like, these mm-hmm. guys are all like, like yes. potentially like money fuck ups. Like they're yeah. just fuck ups. And There's they're now depending int- on their wives. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting quote at one of the books that I'm reading about Armin Hammer, Armin Hammer's great grandfather. And the book, um, it's called The Dossier, The Armin Family Secrets, I believe. And the opening of it was Behind Every Great Fortune is a Crime. And <laughs> I really feel like a lot of it seemed that seems true. Anybody who has an immense amount of wealth, they didn't come by it, like, honestly. Did you watch so, that documentary that just came out on Netflix last week? Don't, is it, what is it? Don't look. Made now. you look. Made you look. The made art you gallery. Look. Yes, yes. Yeah. That actually so has ties with uh, Army Hammer as well. Um, yes. So basically it is the biggest um, art. It's the biggest art heist ever in history. It's $80 million worth of um, fake art sold. And it was, it's a very interesting story. It's um, based off of, um, based out of the, art gallery in New York called the Nodler, very famous, open for a hundred years. And it was acquired by Army's great-grandfather, Armin Hammer, because he was into art and for, you know, reasons you don't have enough time for. <laughs> and, and it passed down <laughs> to Michael. And um, so then Michael basically was the owner. And so we're talking decades. This woman was selling all of this fake art through this random person where they, it just, it's very interesting. It basically nobody ultimately nobody really got a lot of repercussions anybody who bought the fake art they settled out of court and the person who was making the fake art fake art fled the country so they couldn't do anything they couldn't extricate him and then the woman who was kind of the the median uh, the middle person bringing the art there 
she claimed she really didn't know like that her husband was trying to make her do that like it was kind of a fearful thing and so she was only sentenced to time served while they were waiting so nothing happened at 80 million we're talking the fbi was involved and michael hammer's just sitting pretty in the caymans that's okay that's damn caymans um what's your favorite (laughs) what's your favorite housewife what's your favorite bravo show what's your favorite housewives franchise or bravo show so i mean well my favorite Bravo Bravo show that needs to come back, but I don't think maybe he would do so well in these times, but flipping out is my favorite show. I know it, God, <laughs> I love, I mean, and J- Jeff Lewis, you guys, if you don't watch it, I think they're all up on Hulu, but I mean, such a personality. And the sad thing was though, he really saw that as much as I love him and love watching him and love hearing him. He's so funny. You realize how many issues he put, probably you see it on screen but like how every close person in his life at some point leaves because he's too much yeah he he gets everybody out like he just he drives everybody away but he even like and he's on radio so i think there there is a level of of him knowing what he can and cannot say but when you look at a lot of these old seasons some of the stuff he said was a little problematic like a lot of fat shaming and things and how, like yeah, how that, he treated like, his employees yeah like he really how he treated his employees was insane <laughs> like but did you hear zoila's won't talk to him yeah like zoila's back though yes like that's, that's why they need him back I need to see. I really, some I, I, honest, I really love, and flipping out would always do shortened seasons. I always just, but I always loved it because, like, not tons would happen, but enough would just. You, there are just certain characters where you like, like, I just love him, you know. And even mm-hmm. warts and all, I love him. He's one of the yeah. rare people, you know. I think it had, it has the element of below deck. Why a lot of people like it because you had the two people and Zoila. So it was Jenny and Jeff and Zoila. Like those were the solid people. But employees were always changing out. So there were new personalities all the time. And then work basically would it would get stressful. So you'd have it where it was different every single season. And so I think that kept the longevity. I think it's like 11 seasons or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, and it's just really, it's a really easy breezy watch. It's not, not like, it's not the wire of reality shows. It's, but mm-hmm. I just, yeah, you're right. I loved him so much. In terms of Housewives, what's your favorite Housewives franchise? I think overall, altogether, I think it would be between New Jersey and New York, but New Jersey, I think in general has the, uh, when you look at every single season, not all of them are great, but compared to all of the other franchises, they hit it out of the park almost every single time. Like, I think the family aspect is so, like, it's so crazy. And um, I mean... As far as yeah, like Beverly on- Hills doesn't compete with like Beverly Hills does not compete with like New York and New Jersey. Like no. Beverly Hills, like I was talking about this yesterday. Beverly Hills is like the summer blockbuster where there's not a lot of meat there. It's just flash and you know, they you know, started not a lot off of strong substance. like the first, yeah, three first but I'm saying what it, what has become is just like a lot of costumes, a lot of mm-hmm. like trips, a lot of flash. But then New York to me and Jersey, even like to me, those are like independent films, those are family dramas, yes. those are the things that really like. You know, I said this yesterday. It's like feed my soul that I really like. Wow, I want to rewatch that because that's really like even last week with like like the Jennifer Aiden family stuff. I'm kind of weirdly into it. You know, I was really at first. You know, you're always kind of skeptical when they bring a new housewife in. You're like, how do they fit in? Is it going to work with Jennifer? And in general, I think she's great for the show. I personally don't agree with her at all on anything, but I appreciate her on the show. But I think what was so interesting is her family values, although they are culturally different from uh you know being italian they're very similar so i see why her and Teresa buddied up and they're very close because they have the same views on a lot of things so i find that really interesting yeah yeah um what are you the most proud of 
with your account or, you know, over this, you know, since August, what are you the most proud mm-hmm. of? Um, I think, you know, I mean, that's a tough question. I think in general, you know, the, the I the ask the tough thing- questions. Okay. <laughs> this is you getting grilled right now. <laughs> well, part of it's just like, you know, I'm just an Instagram account, but no, no, know, no, wait, I wait. Think- I know that sounds silly, but I really got to say these things do, these things are my entertainment. These things are a lot of people's entertainments. I I'm not trying to gas you up, but I think these things do deserve recognition. This is a, an art form or a piece of like, this is a, a source of news. Like, you know, is there something that you're the most proud of, you know? Yeah. I think, um, in terms of my deep dives and what I do, I mean, a lot of people can go and read, 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 but as far as the way it's packaged on the deep dives, I think I've done like a lot uh, I put a lot of work into them to make them look visually good. Like they really, I, they, I do they really do. So many do this, it is so really cool. I, I, and I know this is like just inside baseball, but I love how you will take a news article and you'll break it up into four. So each slide is one, but I even notice mm-hmm. you round the corners on mm-hmm. the bot. And I, I was like, I don't even know how you do that. Cause I know what you're doing with putting, like breaking up the article, but I was like, how does she even round the corners there? Yeah. Uh, with, with specifically the deep guys, I'll even like take a background of it. Like the background in general will be say like purple. And then the text will also have a black shape box behind it. And then the text. So I'll go and cut out pieces to fit every single box just so it can see that's what i'm saying nice. like you, you it really does it's like visually stunning and uh just as somebody that like just like oh that just says a, it's really uh visually stunning to the eye i really really it's very comforting to look Thank at you. you know it's not like because mine can be like chaotic and like a like a bear a bear mauling <laughs> is you, he you drunk <laughs> <don't> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> that actually is a fun game for anybody that follows me to uh to really guess um Sadly, no, sadly, no. Um, but, uh, so, uh, but like, is there the one deep dive that you're like, this one, I'm always going to remember, you know, this one taught me about me. I mean, I think, I think this year, I mean, although I didn't put as much work into it because I was just doing it as the news story was breaking the army hammer one obviously was a big one because it made me gain 10,000 followers in one week. So, I mean, it was a huge influx and the amount of people, it was a kind of a heavy two weeks because I had people like coming to me explaining like their, you know, trauma issues with a similar trauma. And yeah. it was like a lot to take in because it was like, I was, I didn't know anything about that world in general. So I was trying to learn about it. And then people were, you know, dumping on me, which I appreciate them feeling safe enough to do. But I also was like, wow, this stuff is so heavy. I'm not equipped <laughs> to deal with it. I'm not I, a psychologist. I remember that Sunday when it was like, they were like starting to say like, he possibly murdered people and it dumped the bodies over in that. And it was Super Bowl Sunday. And I remember coming back or like uh, finishing my podcast after the Super Bowl. And uh, the next day I was with like Sophie Ross and we had talked all about army. And I just talked so much army that day where I was really like it, I felt I just had a really bad feeling. Like I just like felt so yeah. dark and I was like, this is so dark and not even like I make fun of Jack's and stuff. And this is just insanely dark. Mm-hmm. And you can't help, but like if you hear and read and absorb all of this, it does stick with you. It was because at the time, I mean, Sophie did a really great job. I feel like it was her and I on Instagram, like tag teaming, like, you know, everything that was going down, but it was like that. And I was like, okay, I need to figure out what's going on with the family. And then I read Casey Hammer's book and I was getting like, not, not only people on, you know, telling me their trauma, I was getting a lot of only women telling me that basically, you know, I'm king shaming or he is uh, not who basically, basically the house of Effie wasn't um, 
being truthful and yeah. defending army. So it was like getting trolls and which is just going to happen on Instagram. You're going to get trolls. It's just going to be on a larger scale when you're getting you 10, to followers those? in a week. Do you respond? Um, to I, I only responded to one. A lot of them I just deleted because I'm just like not worth my energy and time or whatever. But there was one that kept changing her name and she was um, publicly shaming Effie and going at Effie and she posted about her. And I was just like, no matter how many times you change your handle name like i know you keep slut shaming like just stop you are an awful person and then she never responded back and i was like okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the army side wait did you do we have any uh i just recently saw this past week you know because we we always had that uh twitter thing that army had posted about you know he had wake, woken up with his mom like doing prayers over his head and saying the devil get out Hot wax or something on his face yeah but but then this week we had his mom supposedly coming after uh the the one lady Paige. that came for page Laurent lorenz mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. one lady that came forward didn't she was like dming her saying like oh of course you would go on tv with this or something yeah it was after page went on um dr oz i believe but what was interesting well, is dr phil drew, dr phil dr phil oh dr phil um he uh what was strange is that drew sent an article from perez hilton two pages as if if that's like you know the breaking article was like why first of all like okay and then yeah basically you do anything for notoriety it's like okay honey let's talk about you you married a man that molested his sister for fame and money to live in the Caymans they're not no they're no longer married but like let's not (laughs) but you would think the mom would know know about legality enough not to reach out to pay I mean it just seemed like such a dumb dumb move it's messy I mean she she wears frosted lipstick I mean you can't trust that's all that's all you needed to say that's all you needed to say uh lastly who uh between Hannah Luke and Sierra who's in the right who's in the wrong what's going on there what is your take on the summer house you romance know, that nobody wants. I think I kind of fall in the middle. So there's, there's, I'll have to preface it with saying I'm getting a lot of DMs saying that she was already in a relationship. She was. With, oh. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, she was already in, uh, something came up, but she was already in a relationship with when Des this Bishop. happened. Yeah. So you, yeah. So you're kind of wondering, you know, is this, is she playing it up? I hope not because I do want some truth to what we're watching. But, you know, it's kind of tough. I feel like on one side of it, Hannah or Luke, wanted um, somebody to emotionally invest in without getting the ties to like he wanted somebody to open up to but he didn't want the you know the labels with it but on the other side if you look at last season you could tell Luke was not interested in Hannah if you didn't want to have sex we with all, you you didn't want to have we sex we all knew I mean, what this was and and by the way Luke is not like I like Luke is not a mental powerhouse you know like <laughs> Luke in his you know mind thinks like okay if I you know I can we can bump uglies, but don't penetrate that I'm good. You know, like mm-hmm. you can still be my friend. And also Luke's probably used to getting every woman that he's wanted. And he's, he thinks not having sex is kind of noble in a way. I mean, his yeah. way of thinking is complete. And Luke was on the podcast two weeks ago. And he even said, yeah. I was like, dude, mm-hmm. what are you doing? And like, and, and, he, and he said like, well, Hannah was with somebody when she came into the summer house. He even said it. And I was like, <laughs> yes. Oh my God, the Bravo rep's going to make okay. me take this out. But he said it, he said, she and I was like, well, why didn't you say that in the argument? Like it, it made, yeah. Because I was like, this is this would cut her off of the knees. Because then if like if I was Des Bishop, Hannah's boyfriend, I would be so livid or not livid. I would be so sad that my girlfriend is literally pining over pining this over dude him. after mm-hmm. I left. I said, you know, take care, have fun in the summer house. I, you know, don't bang Luke. And then she's jumping literally into the Luke stuff. You know, 
I have to say, I made like a series of Valentine's, like funny, quippy Valentine stuff for um, like in the Bravo sphere. And I made like, I don't know, seven of them. One of them was a picture of Luke saying, roses are red, violets are blue. If he calls you burn dog, he's no longer your boo. <laughs> yes. <By> the way- <laughs> and, and then Luke <laughs> took it and he posted it on his Twitter. Like oh he retweeted God. it and was just like, that's a burn. <laughs> like- <laughs> well, I mean, but also, and then did you see like how Hannah posted last week about like, getting out of a, a toxic situationship and then posted in their stories about narcissism and narcissistic behavior. And it's like, I don't doubt Luke played with her head in ways. I don't, yes, I don't doubt I that, but also, I mean, I don't know, like Hannah's really painting herself out. I don't want to say villain, but it did make me question. Mm-hmm. I was like, she's really not having a good season. I like Hannah a lot. It's, I don't um, think it's going to get better for her this season. Oh, she's yeah, just I, clearly I, just a little wound up and like, she's losing it. Like even over the trash thing, just take out the freaking trash. Like I don't I love those, trash. I love <laughs> those editor trolls. I love those editor trolls when they show all the trash she hasn't taken out. Um, but the other thing, the, the, I know we got to get going, but the, um, I love that conversation where Luke was like, Luke has to do damage control so he can possibly get with Sierra. So <laughs> he brings Hannah out and they're talking and he's like, you know, I do love you, you know? And then they cut the break and I was like, God, Luke. And then he goes, but sometimes he goes, sometimes that, you know, can be mistaken for something it isn't. And I, I, I guess I did play with your mind, but you know, and he like, <laughs> but I love it. Cause he led her to say, I just think, you know, we need to set boundaries. And and Luke was like, score, I got her to say it. And he was like, you know what? I think you're right. I think maybe we should have platonic boundaries. That's very interesting. Like you get Luke is a, you know, potentially not a mental giant, but he got that right. And like, he totally got her to say that idea, which I, I thought was hysterical, you know? Yeah. I'm kind of wondering what Sierra is thinking, because if I was watching that, I'd be like, he is a mess. I'm not touching that. Let's move over to Carl or something. You know what, what I'm saying? What like, guy, I don't what guy isn't it. a mess. What guy isn't a mess? What guy isn't, <laughs> cool. uh, I mean, seriously, I, I don't. I mean, like I look at that and I'm like, that's I don't know if there's any stable guy. I mean, I guess what, like Matul from Southern Charm? And I think he's a dork, you know. Um, but she the- might be into mess because have you seen her bedroom? It gives me hives. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, <laughs> I love the the Sierra thing was wild too because um she really that whole episode was not giving Luke the time of day. Like, not even like mm-hmm. mess, like was just like, Do you want to go on my bike? No, I'm good. No, like yeah. this wasn't even Luke like warm. So I, I, I hope, I mean, I wonder if we get another, I think they do hook up again, but I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. It seems like she's at winter house. So I'm wondering, which is, which I like to see. I just want to see some sort of new blood at winter house because I just feel like with the cast they have, it's just kind of a little stale. We do, like I do, I do, we do, we have brand new people that will be in the winter house. Okay. Brand new that well, nobody knows. Knows. Okay. So here's my question. On Dumois, did you see there was a post about Austin and Craig with the blonde at a restaurant in Vermont and Craig went up to go to the bathroom and Austin and her were making out. And that's what the person had said, like, you know, in the blind, which I thought was interesting because she had to have been on the show because with the COVID regulations and stuff like that, they're, they're not able to just make out with strangers. Exactly. I would think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's a, yeah, so there's yeah, some yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, the one thing I'm trying to get, uh, confirmation on is if Madison is a, uh, a, a late arrival, um, because I just I, personally I would, would think so. uh, I think so too, but I just personally, you can't have a show with, I mean, that's, 
that would be such an amazing thing. Uh, just seeing with, after Craig's reunion performance, just having them in the same <laughs> roof would be just so fun to watch. So I think that will be happening. And from what I also understand, it is like a big brother situation where there will be guests being introduced along the way, you know? Well, yeah. And I like to see that. I mean, Austin is still really butthurt about it because he's still, you know, in Vermont tweeting about Madison Austin's going a man. against her. Austin's a complete child. Like if I do not, <laughs> I do not feel bad for Austin at all. In fact, like if heaven exists, that's one of the first questions I'm going to ask God is like, how many times did Austin cheat on Madison when he was with Madison? So that is the thing. So many people, you know, the, for some reason, although Craig looked like a complete mess, he was able to sway people into thinking she was like the villain in all of this. And it's like, let's look at the season before she was cheated on left and right. If she wants to go yes. hang out with a baseball player. Like that's a step well, up. Listen, I don't like Madison either, but I don't think Austin, I think it's one of those things where we let boys be boys and, you know, boys do their boys things. And that just includes cheating on their like spouses or what, you know, and we let that behavior slide time and time again. Mm -hmm. But then Austin gets sympathy because he teared up at a reunion. Like, oh because God. he's like, you know, nobody's ever hurt me like this. Uh. Oh yeah. You look at Craig and it was in that, I feel like the same episode where he's going in on Madison for allegedly FaceTiming somebody while her and Austin were together. But like five minutes later in the same breath, he's talking to Shep and saying, it's so noble of you to say that you worked through cheating on her <laughs> or, you know. The, yeah, was well, that was like my favorite line thing. was. <laughs> When, when uh, Leva said, you guys really romanticize cheating. And I was like, yeah. yeah, like I even sat there and was like, I know what he's talking about. Like, I mean, I even got suckered into of like, totally, totally. The thing is, I love the thought of anybody learning about their behavior. But unfortunately, with men, including myself, we learn at somebody else's expense. And that is yeah. a really tough nut to crack because you try to romanticize it to yourself that you're becoming a better person. But in mm -hmm. the, the meantime, you've left like a body count in your wake. And that's not yeah. uh, sometimes the best. <laughs> I think that's like the motto of, of Southern charm. So um, Candace, you really have been amazing. You thank you so much for even doing this. Cause I know you don't really do podcasts. So this was a yeah, huge get for the one. show. Congratulations. <laughs> I think you knocked it out of the park and, and oh, I can't wait for you. other podcasts to have you on. And I hope you'll come on to, to break some stories along the way when you have something really exciting to share. Uh, but of you guys course. will see it on her Instagram account. It is at BBF Bravo. That just B B F B R A V O. Uh, you can follow her there and her highlight reel has all of the deep dives. So you can get all of that information right there and you will have literally days of, um, uh, entertainment, but also just knowledge and learning. Uh, also, I guess we should give credit to your, uh, cohort Bravo, Bravo, ducking, ducking Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. She, she loves her deep dives as well. <laughs> so between so that's another place two. to get those. Um, but thank you so much. This was amazing. And it's, it's just great to finally put an account with a face, you know, yeah, a face definitely. With an account. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I've had fun. Thank you for having me. Is there anything else that we uh, can support you with? Um, I'm on clubhouse. So catch me there. I'm on clubhouse as well. Yeah. What are you BBF Bravo and you guys, I'm yes. uh, so bad. It's good. I think so. Um, okay, yes. We'll yeah. have to host a room. Yeah, let's host a room sometime. Bravo. That would be amazing. Yeah. I would love that. Um, but, uh, we will talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Five, four, three, two, one. How was that? That was great. Betches.